It's said that your real life begins where your comfort zone ends. Well, it's about to get real as we have radically authentic conversations to help you thrive in your personal and professional life while navigating the twists and turns of being human. Buckle up, because this might get uncomfortable. Starts right now with Whitney Lordson. Happy New Year. It's interesting to say that because I feel like I'm talking to the future. I'm recording this on December 27th, and it's just a interesting time of year because most of the holidays have ended. I guess it depends on how you define the holiday season. For me, growing up with Christmas, I often think of that as the main holiday for myself. But of course, there's Thanksgiving. Does Halloween, I guess Halloween kind of counts as part of the holiday season. I feel like once Halloween happens, there's a shift. There's this holiday mode that a lot of people get into. And it's really interesting because I want to talk about depression and down feelings that you and I may feel this time of year. I certainly was feeling it yesterday, especially, which was the 26th, the day after Christmas. And given that Christmas feels like the biggest holiday for me, and again, I address this very delicately because not everybody celebrates Christmas, and I think it's really important to acknowledge it. (laughs) It's been fascinating, this movement around like, do you say happy holidays or Merry Christmas? And I try to be very sensitive to the fact that not everybody celebrates Christmas. I don't want to assume that. But some people still really want to say Merry Christmas. I just find all of that verbiage really interesting. And I think it's really important for us to acknowledge our life experience and what is important to us while also understanding that other people come from very different situations, backgrounds, preferences. And also, even the term happy holidays, Merry Christmas, they're very focused on the positive in a way that's kind of assuming that other people find this time of year to be happy, merry, joyful, when that's not really the case for everyone. And it also can be a mixed bag. I have lots of notes to share today because I wanted to dive into some of the data around this and also better understand how I'm feeling, hopefully help you reflect on how you're feeling as well. I kind of wish I had recorded or put out this episode before the new year because as I dug into this more, I realized, gosh, this week right now that I'm in, in the past for you, given that this comes out a week later than I recorded this, this feels like a really tough week. I feel a bit disoriented. And perhaps you can reflect back on how you were feeling and see how that's impacting you in the beginning of the new year. Yesterday, I was feeling like weird. It was a combination of it being the day after Christmas, which for a lot of people, the day after any big holiday, let's put it that way, can feel a bit depressing, can feel a bit low. You're coming down from a high. That's how I was, at least. It was also a Sunday. And I felt like, gosh, I kind of wish that Christmas hadn't been over the weekend because today being Monday, I felt like I had to get back to the Monday mode. And then it felt a bit disorienting because I'm wondering, well, is this week off for a lot of people? How much am I going to need to work this week? For context, I have the podcast. I also have clients. I do freelance consulting work for a number of different businesses and companies. And I'm not sure how much was expected of me this week. And I'm like, I just wanted to rest. And for me, that's one of my favorite parts of the holidays, especially this time around Christmas and the new year, where it feels like things are slowing down. And as I'm describing that, I'm also feeling this anxiety coming up, this fear of going into the new year where you're already at right now. And I'm curious if you were feeling this last week, but also maybe still feeling it right now. What's interesting is the day that this episode comes out is also the Monday after a big holiday, in the fact, New Year's holiday. And this Monday of January 3rd in particular may feel very heavy. And now I'm kind of anticipating that for myself. It's so weird, by the way, to to like record episodes so far in advance and feel like I'm like in two times at once, right? Like the day that I'm recording, but also anticipating the day an episode comes out. It's just a mentally odd experience for me, especially in this particular time frame, because 
I'm wondering if I was feeling some of these low, anxious emotions the day after Christmas, how am I going to feel the day after New Year's? How am I going to feel the Monday after New Year's? I'm a little nervous about it right now, given how I'm feeling today. Because even though there's still work going on this week for me in between Christmas and New Year's, I feel like the Monday after New Year's in particular may feel really intense because so many people get into this New Year's mode, this, okay, I'm going to take this year by storm. This is my chance. And a lot of people I feel like are leaping into it with a lot of momentum and excitement, which is really great. But for those like me who like a slower pace, who get overwhelmed easily, who feel anxious, who feel like the hustle does not resonate with me, I am actually dreading (laughs) the beginning of the new year because of other people's reactions to it. Does that make sense? I noticed that today when I woke up and checked my email for the first time on Monday morning, how some of my clients were already kind of rearing to go. In fact, there was a small issue where some work was waiting for my approval not to get into all the details for you, but one of my clients, I manage a team of people and they're in a different time zone than me. So they're up and at it a lot earlier than I am on the Pacific coast. And sometimes I feel this pressure that if they're up really early, that I need to make sure everything's prepped for them. And sometimes I do. But this past weekend, I thought, it's the holidays. Like, I'm not going to force myself to work earlier. I'm not going to work on the weekend, that's for sure, especially over the holidays. And yet, this morning, I wake up to emails basically saying that I was behind. Now, no one was blaming me, but they were just pointing it out. Things were delayed. And I felt like they were putting it more on me than acknowledging the fact that it was the holidays. And it felt frustrating for me. And it ties into the topic that has been addressed so many times on this show. In fact, one of the number one episodes in 2021 was around hustle culture. I will link to that one. Let me find the name of it so that I can verbally reference it. It is fear of rest in our hustle culture. That was definitely in the top 10 episodes and also came up in the top 10 posts because on the website, there are written posts for every single episode, if you didn't know this already. And as I was looking back over that and reflecting on hustle culture, and one of the things that is so hard for me is that misalignment. And you may be experiencing this too, when you feel like the rest of the world is doing something, the rest of the world is expecting something, there's kind of like this pressure where it might not be said, but it's felt. And I've struggled a lot with that given my work. A lot of my coaching and consulting that I do outside of the podcast centers around social media. And the last few months in particular, I have been really examining my role in social media. It's definitely odd because I have a passion for social media. I really enjoy marketing. I'm fascinated by it. But I also, as I've addressed in many episodes, feel a little bit uncomfortable working in social media given the impacts of it on our mental health. And also given that so much of social media feels like it's tied into hustle culture. So it can sometimes feel tough to work with my clients because they assume you need to be fast. You need to be hustling all the time. Marketing often has this energy of like, you can never stop. You always have to go. If you pause, you're going to get behind. And I feel like that ties into so much of our lives in general, depending on where you live and how you were raised, of course. There's a lot of pressure to never stop, to not rest. There's that fear of rest, as mentioned in that previous episode. And for me, I'm acknowledging how important rest is. In fact, that is one of the number one tips that came up while I was researching post-holiday depression and any kind of blues that you may be feeling around this time of year. Many psychologists recommend self-care to overcome those tough emotions or to handle, maybe not overcome, but to make your life feel a little bit smoother or to reduce some of the anxiety or depression or blues, however you would describe it. Number one on that list was sleep and eating well and staying hydrated and moving your bodies, basically taking care of your basic needs. But if you are consumed in this world of go, 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 
of hustle, of not resting, it can feel like if you prioritize yourself, then you're going to get behind and maybe you may lose your job. Maybe you will lose out on opportunities. I felt so much of that in social media. Now, it's very different in my current position where I'm advising other people. I love that. Like, I thrive there. I also feel like I can encourage others to rest more and to disconnect from hustle culture. I've been really mindful about taking on clients who are not consumed with hustle culture, who do not feel a ton of time pressure, but sometimes that still impacts them and I have to work through that with them, right? Whereas when a lot of my income was coming from my work in social media, especially on the influencer side of things, oof, that was rough because I felt like if I wasn't getting things done fast, or actually sometimes it was literally the case, especially when it came to sponsorship, there were such tight deadlines where if I didn't finish my work with my sponsor's deadlines, I wouldn't get paid. I would get fired. You know, I would break a contract. And most of those deadlines were really fast, like within a week or two. And it caused a lot of anxiety and tension for me. And I think that's one of the big reasons that I stepped away from doing that work. Right now, I think the only sponsors I've been taking on are for this podcast. And this podcast has a much more even, slower pace. I record a few episodes a week, sometimes only once a week. I can do it on my own schedule. I can shift things around. My sponsors are happy about that. Versus on social media like Instagram, it was like, you got to post as quickly as possible. Like this constant FOMO, this fear that if you don't do something quickly, you're going to miss out on it. And I think that can really impact us during the holidays. Top episodes from this past month were about anxiety and the holidays. It was like, is holiday shopping, the holiday season giving you anxiety? I think those episodes resonated with people like you because they're very relatable. For me, a lot of that anxiety comes from that time pressure, feeling like I have to get the right gifts and I have to order them from this website on time. As I talked about the Black Friday intense chaos, it was like, if you don't take advantage of this sale, it's going to be more expensive. And so this all this time pressure and then like shipping concerns. If you don't order this gift in time, it's not going to get to this person. This like, if you don't do this, you will miss out. And even just talking about that right now gives me anxiety and stress. And I'm like, ah, I don't want that. And sure, we can choose consciously to not participate in that. But if the rest of the world is caught up in that, we can still feel that secondary stress. And that absolutely can impact us during the new year where there's so many people who are seem to be in that way of thinking of like, I'm going to shift my life right now. Now is the time. If I don't do it at the very beginning of the year, then I'm missing out on all the momentum. And like I talked about in the previous episode, you don't really have to do that this time of year. And I think that's worth saying again, especially if you didn't listen to last week's episode. You can choose the pace for your own life, even if there's pressure from other people, right? Now, I think it's very important to put a disclaimer that everybody's life is structured differently. You may have really intense or I don't know what word to use here. You might have conditions and structure that you have to abide to. And I've heard this so much from friends and I've experienced this in the past, as I mentioned, not just with the social media influencer work that I used to do a lot of, but in the past when I had full-time jobs working for other people, there were definitely rules that I had to follow. Otherwise, I was at risk of losing that job. And I want to acknowledge that it's not always as easy as saying, I'm going to set my own boundaries and I'm going to do things my way. Sometimes you either can't, like black and white cannot do certain things, or it's really hard to because of the risk. And I think that advice in itself is not mentioned enough. There are so many cookie cutter strategies, black and white things, overly simplified tips for people that may not apply to your situation. So I really want to phrase this in a way that doesn't make it seem like I'm oversimplifying this. Because I have to look back on my life and see how I noticed what work was not serving me on a deep level and how long it took for me to disconnect from it. It is an ongoing process of refining. Every single day, I'm reflecting on how I feel working for, working with certain people, how that's contributing to my well-being. I've also spent, at this point, over 10 years unraveling myself from corporate work, 
from the classic nine to five work that I used to do. And it's been a long journey. I want to acknowledge the fact that if your work is tough on your mental well-being, it may take you a while to shift that, to change that. Earlier today, I was in a coaching session with one of my clients and they were expressing how they felt this sense of hopelessness and defeat, this sense of being taken advantage of. And that is really relatable for many of us because sometimes we don't feel like we have control. Sometimes we don't feel like our needs are important, that we have to put them aside for someone else. And while I want to believe that that's not true, (laughs) I want to believe that we have, what's the term, agency over ourselves. Sometimes we're in spots where that may not be the case. And that may be temporary, but it's still happening. And I think we can at least reflect on what we would like to be different. And speaking of time, realize that it may happen in a slower time frame, in a longer time frame, perhaps, than we would like it to. But perhaps just reflecting on what we want gives us a sense of hope. And having the awareness around how we're feeling helps us tune more into ourselves to recognize why we're feeling the way that we're feeling. So that's actually helping me process in real time. You know, last night I was sitting on the couch. It was pretty late. It was like 11 o'clock at night on a Sunday. And I'm just kind of feeling that dread of Monday coming and all these things that I've been sharing today. And I found that just acknowledging my feelings was incredibly helpful. And that again, is some ongoing advice and tips, a strategy that I've been reading about recently. And I want to dig deeper into some of the things that I found around these low feelings that many people tend to have this time of year. One of them, which I thought was a really important thing to acknowledge, is this build up to something that we're excited about. And this pertains to so much in our life, not just the holidays, But also goals. And this is definitely related to the new year because if you are somebody who sets New Year's resolutions or any sort of goal for yourself at the beginning of a new year, you may feel yourself simultaneously excited and overwhelmed. And depending on the timeline of that goal, there may be this period of that buildup. Like, I'm excited. I'm looking forward to accomplishing it. I really felt this during the holidays. And I also felt it throughout 2021, actually because I had a big goal of paying off my credit card debt. I'm really excited to say that as of the time this episode comes out, I've achieved that. Today on December 27th, I have three days until I pay off my credit card debt. And it's really interesting because I know it's coming. It's just three days away. So I feel like nothing's going to get in the way of it, right? I remember in 2021, like at the very beginning of the year, feeling a bit overwhelmed at this huge goal I wanted to accomplish. I think I set the goal in January or February. It might have even been later in the year. I'm not sure. But I just decided that by the end of 2021, I was going to pay off all my credit card debt. I had four credit cards. I had, for me, a relatively large sum of debt that I had accumulated over about 10 years, collectively, all my cards. And it just hadn't been a priority. So I was just paying off the minimum. I was accruing all this interest. And when I saw how much interest I had been paying all those years, it was a huge wake-up call. And I thought, I don't want to do this anymore. I set up a plan. I looked at how much debt I needed to pay off. I broke it down into chunks and I did it. Some months were easier than others. Some months it was a big stretch for me to pay off that sum, but I stayed committed to it and I accomplished it. It was a great feeling. And as I got closer and closer to the end of the year, I found myself feeling these mixed emotions of like, wow, it's going to feel really good to pay off this debt and reach the goal. But I feel like it's the feeling of accomplishing it is going to be so short-lived. In this moment, I'm anticipating three days from now, I'm going to pay it off and it's just going to be this fleeting feeling of, oh, okay, what's next? And that feels a little depressing to me. (laughs) Like, I feel like I should really acknowledge this big accomplishment. I want to be very intentional about it because I don't want to feel that sense of now it's over and what else is there to look forward to. Sometimes looking forward to something feels better than actually doing it. I felt this too on Christmas morning. For me and my family, we always split up Christmas Eve presents and Christmas morning or Christmas day presents. It's so interesting. I'd be curious if you celebrate Christmas, how you do gifts. 
Some people are like me, they do both. Some people are one or the other, they do Christmas Eve or Christmas Day. I've always been kind of fascinated by that. And Christmas Eve felt so great. I was so excited to mostly give gifts. And actually, because I didn't spend it with my family, we FaceTimed and I loved this. It's such a 2021 thing to do, I feel. Just being able to witness them opening gifts through FaceTime actually felt almost as good as it does in person. And I am so grateful that tools like the video calls are so easy for us these days. Amazing technological advancements we have that we shouldn't take for granted. Now, I also want to pause to say that there's that sadness that you can feel if you're not spending time with your families during the holidays. I saw a lot of posts on TikTok about this, especially people who got COVID and either chose not to see their family or were not able to travel to see their family because they got COVID and the sadness that they were expressing and the disappointment, really. I didn't really feel that way, (laughs) to be honest. I haven't spent Christmas with my family the last few years because I travel during different times of the year to see them. But there's still like this tiny bit of me that's like, gosh, it would be nice. And my sister's with my parents right now and sending me photos and videos. And I feel a little envious. Anyways, FaceTime helped a lot. And on Christmas Eve, seeing my family open the presents and just sharing that joy with them was really nice. And then I felt this creeping feeling, especially on Christmas morning, knowing that it was almost over and opened the next round of gifts. And as I was opening my gifts, as I was seeing people open the gifts that I gave them, getting text messages from friends and such, I found the sadness of, it's almost over. And then the moment came of, do I take down the Christmas tree? What day do you take down the Christmas tree? And I found myself like wanting to hold on to it, not wanting to put down any decorations. Right behind my camera and microphone, I have some string lights up on the windows. And I'm thinking, I just want to keep them up another week because those string lights bring me so much joy. And even driving around the neighborhood last night, I saw lights up and Christmas trees from other people. And I thought, they're going to be taking them down soon. It was like anticipating the sadness of letting go. And this is actually a very common thing. There are statistics from the National Alliance on Mental Illness, for example, that says that 64% of people report being affected by holiday depression. And it's often triggered by financial, emotional, and physical stress of the season. Things like the cold weather, less daylight, the COVID-19 isolation for some people does not help. The pandemic has changed some of the things that normally protect our mental health from social connection to financial security and even hope for the future, which is a whole other subject matter. But certainly COVID has shifted a lot for us. It has caused tension. It has caused division. It has changed some people's health. It has ended some people's lives. And Given that we're around the two-year mark of the pandemic, it can feel really intense. It can feel like our hope is being eroded because some people may feel like this is never going to end. There's no sign of it ending. It's just shifted a lot for our mental health. And I think that's really important for us to acknowledge. Also, things that are known to be good for our mental health, like exercising, spending time in nature, spending time with family are harder to do from COVID to the fact that the days are shorter, the nights are longer. I felt this too. There were moments over the weekend where I felt like I kind of wanted to, but mostly should go outside. I wanted to like walk around the neighborhood and take in the lights and decorations, like I mentioned, but I just didn't feel like it. It felt cold outside, even though I'm in LA, it definitely does (laughs) feel cold without snow. But also the time of day, like I wanted to sleep in, but the downside to sleeping in this time of year is that the day is really short, depending on how late you sleep in, like you wake up feeling refreshed, but also knowing that you have just a far less daylight. And that definitely impacts me because sometimes I don't get energy until later in the day. And depending on how my day is structured, I might not feel like I have a good window of opportunity or the energy to go outside before the light goes down. So that really impacts me. And I feel like it's important to point that out. The other thing that I've kind of alluded to is this holiday season, including New Year's, is a period of a lot of intense emotions and stress. And stress could be positive or negative. 
And suddenly when the day is over, (laughs) you have this abrupt withdrawal of all these stress hormones. And this actually could be true of any big day, like a wedding, a deadline, a goal, like I mentioned. And that actually has a big impact on our biological and our psychological well-being. We have to adjust to less stimulation. And part of me wonders if New Year's, in a way, the all the like intensity of the beginning of a year is, is it our way of adding more stimulation to our lives, right? Like maybe that's why today for me on December 27th feels so funky because I'm adjusting to Christmas being over, but also anticipating New Year. So it's like I'm in this in-between time of like low stimulation or the end of one stimulation and the beginning of another. That feels strange for you, given that it's already 2022. You may be in this phase of like letting go of all of the stress and intensity of all the holidays that you may have celebrated and also adjusting to the beginning of a new year. And even if that doesn't feel really stimulating, it's still an adjustment. It's a big change. Even just like writing the number 2022 takes an adjustment. I remember when I was in school, I would have to like write the date at the top corner of papers or whatever. And it would always take me a few days to switch over from one year to another. It doesn't happen quite as often in the digital world or my professional life now, but it still has those like awkwardness, you know, it's that transition. Also, given that the holiday season is referred to commonly as the most wonderful time of the year, <laughs> like even saying that out loud, like that's kind of messed up. <laughs> like, okay, we're no longer in the most wonderful time of the year. It's like setting us up for feeling depressed, you know, and this inevitable return to work, getting back to quote normal. Because the holidays, depending on what day you see the holiday starting, like I said, some people see it as early as like Halloween. It's like a two month long period. And that's supposed to feel so wonderful. Some people love fall and winter. And so when it shifts to a different phase of winter, it can feel sad. It also reminds me, as I was growing up on the East Coast in Massachusetts, we had snow most times, I guess, depending on climate change, unfortunately. Sometimes we did not have snow during Christmas and the holidays. But I remember like witnessing the snow starting to melt. Or for anyone who grew up with snow, you would have like a big snow day and the snow would be all fresh. It was white. It was fluffy. It was high sometimes. And then it would start to melt and it would get dirty, especially like around the street, you know, just from cars driving by. It would look like gray or black and sludgy. It was just like gross. And like, That was depressing because it was no longer pretty and fresh and new. It was old and dirty and gross and in that transition. (laughs) Like I couldn't stand seeing that. And the same thing is true on Christmas. If it wasn't snowing, it felt depressing to me to look out the window and see my backyard just full of dead plants because it was winter. (laughs) Like the snow wasn't covering them up, you know. There's all these like little cues that we get about what's wonderful and what's nice. You know, the song I'm Dreaming of a White Christmas really impacted me as a little kid because if I didn't have a white Christmas, it didn't feel like a good Christmas. It's so fascinating to reflect on this. Like it's definitely bringing up a lot of emotions for me. And this whole idea of like coming down from that high it's over. We've lost that excitement, the activities. You know, it's definitely a bit different for many of us during the pandemic because, at least for me, I'm not going to holiday parties or I didn't go to any, right? I didn't even do much virtual events aside from the Christmas presents with my family. The year before, I felt like there was a lot of virtual things happening, like in 2020, but in 2021, at least in my circle of friends and family, it was like, a different experience where there was less effort into doing things virtually. It was just kind of accepting. I also saw lots of people doing things in groups despite the pandemic. That was their choice. You know, they went out to holiday related things and meals with each other and whatever else. Like everybody has their different comfort level for me. If you didn't know this already, I'm definitely on the uh, cautious side of COVID and choose not to socialize very much. And that in itself can feel depressing, but the idea of it ending is depressing for me. Like the realization that there won't be holiday parties 
for another 10 or 11 months feels depressing to me. (laughs) The other interesting point I read about is how the holidays can be the only time in the year that regular life feels interrupted because the brain exaggerates the realities of day-to-day life and that makes the return to the mundane seem more anxiety-inducing and depressing than it actually is. Because during the holiday season, anywhere from four to eight weeks are filled with things. You know, one thing that comes up for me as I reflect on the last few months is right before Halloween, I can feel the excitement of people looking forward to celebrating. Like they're planning their costumes. People start getting excited about pumpkin spice lattes. I don't drink them, clearly, but just hearing the buzz of like, oh my gosh, PSLs are back in coffee shops, you know, or right around Christmas and the rest of the holidays. It's like candy cane stuff, like even the food changes in grocery stores and there's like specialty items that you can only get that time of year. And there's like that thrill about it, whereas that all disappears seemingly overnight. And then you're going back to this like mundane ritual of just drinking regular coffee and maybe not having baked goods, you know? Your calendar can feel like it's empty because the holidays aren't written on it, you know? And I hope by me sharing all of this that it's not like triggering you because I feel a little triggered right now. The more I read all of these examples, I'm like, gosh, this is kind of depressing. So I'm only bringing this up to acknowledge it. Sometimes we don't even know why we feel the way that we feel. So... I'm going to take a deep breath and ground myself and remind myself that everything's okay, which I'm coming up to in a moment too. The last thing I feel like is worth acknowledging around the intensity and the highs and lows of our emotions is that the holidays tend to be filled with alcohol. If you drink alcohol, sugar, a lot of processed foods, as I mentioned, there's there's a lot of Foods that we commonly associate with indulgence, whether or not you do, is a case-by-case basis. I am very intentional about not labeling food as good or bad, right or wrong. Some people drink alcohol all year long, the same amount. Some people don't drink alcohol. I mean, like everybody's in a different place, right? But perhaps you were, quote, indulging a little bit more than usual. And some people have a lot of guilt around that, that especially right as we go into the new year, all of this messaging around changing our diets and our exercise and all these things about ourselves that I addressed in the previous episode last week. There's all this pressure and it seems almost like this before and after, right? Like the before is indulging in the holidays and the after is shifting into the New Year's resolutions and not indulging or combating indulgence. Like I hear so many people use these phrases like, well, I got to get back on that treadmill to work off all the calories I ate on Christmas. And it's like, you don't really have to, you're choosing to. It's just a lot of societal pressure that tells us that if we indulge, we have to combat it. And it's like, maybe that indulgence feels really good. And I'm I imagine it does. Otherwise, you probably wouldn't do it, right? Like, what if we just acknowledge the joy that that indulgence brings us and not feel this pressure to work it off, burn it off, change it? You know, I think balance is important, but sometimes it just goes to such extremes. And depending on your state of mind, those extremes can feel really harmful. You know, sometimes we do overindulge for our bodies and our preferences. And then we can swing the other way and work ourselves to the bone because we feel guilt over that. And I find it much better for my mental health to just savor whatever I'm doing, whatever I'm choosing, and acknowledge the fact that it doesn't have as significant as an impact on me than society may make it seem. Many of us grew up feeling like if we eat one donut, for example, like we have to go to the gym to work it off, where The truth is, if you just eat that donut and enjoy it, your body is going to process it and be fine. Now, again, everybody's body is a little different. But for my body, at least, like I've gone through phases of weighing myself every day. And what I found really interesting is that the days that in which I felt like I was eating really healthy and I was staying within the bounds of however way I was eating at that time, Sometimes I would gain weight even when I was doing all of these things that I thought were going to cause me to lose weight, right? Because our weight has, it depends on so many factors. 
And on the other end of the spectrum, there have been times where I've indulged many days in a row, many weeks in a row, and didn't gain any weight from it. But yet our society or marketing or even just like the way people talk will convince us that like eating one item of food is going to like ruin us or cause this huge ripple effect when it actually like barely creates a ripple in my body at least. And I say that too, because there are many medical reasons and biological scientific reasons for all of this that are relative to each of us. So you need to determine this for yourself. But from a mental health standpoint, the reason I'm bringing this up is that a lot of the times we've been conditioned to believe something that might not actually be true. And the fact that we believe that myth is detrimental to our mental health. So awareness, again, of yourself, your situation, your body, your choices plays such a pivotal role in how you can manage the balance of your own well-being. I also want to note that research does link some processed foods and alcohol to depression. And if you're constantly adding things to your body that are impacting your mental health, then I think it's important to make some adjustments so that you can feel better physically and mentally. It's also important to acknowledge that the holiday season can bring up a lot of past trauma, a lot of loneliness. I touched upon this a bit, but I just want to say that out loud that if the holidays don't feel joyful to you or the beginning of a new year doesn't feel joyful to you, A, you're not alone. Other people go through that too. They just might not verbalize it. And B, it's okay. It's truly okay. As tough as this may feel, as lonely as you may feel, ultimately, you're okay. And by acknowledging that condition, that state that you're in, it may help you figure out what's best for you. You may need to get some support. You may need to see a therapist, a psychologist, a psychiatrist. Like You may need to process your trauma in some very specific ways for you. And sometimes we get so caught up in those really intense emotions or conditions, states of being, that it's hard to see a way out. And I also, as I said earlier, don't want to sugarcoat this and make it seem like it's simple and easy. But sometimes just acknowledging that it's okay to feel the way that we're feeling is a really crucial step in getting through it. Because a lot of times during the holidays, with all this messaging that I've been mentioning, we can feel like it's not okay to feel that way. We can feel like there must be something wrong with me because everyone else seems so happy. Everyone else seems like they're enjoying this right now. And maybe you feel even more alone amongst all that messaging. But seeing some of this data, perhaps you're realizing or hearing some of this data, I should say, maybe it helps you realize that it's not all <laughs> that cheerful for everyone. The holidays rarely live up to our expectations, by the way. And some people blame themselves for that. Some people feel like they failed. They failed themselves. They failed other people. There's just so much pressure here. Even during this time of the new year, if you've set a resolution, if you've been looking back on 2021, perhaps it didn't go that well for you. It seems like every year people say, oh, that was such a tough year. I'm so glad that it's over. But that can actually feel very depressing. And also, if you've been paying attention, it feels like it's so repeated that you can get into this mindset of no year is ever going to feel good or this false idea that the start of a new year is suddenly going to change everything. And that's why some people dread it in this period of looking back on your life, taking stock on it, your accomplishments or your lack of them. What if you feel like this past year was awful? What if this past year you didn't feel like you accomplished anything? What if you felt like things went downhill for you? I think that's an incredibly important thing to acknowledge. Not everybody can find gratitude, can feel good about things. Sometimes it feels like life is just slipping away and going by so fast. And that's okay that you feel that way. And again, you're not alone. This is coming up in all of this data. If you don't feel like you measure up in comparison to others, I think that's one of the keys here is it's more important to be focused inward and compare yourself to yourself. But if you are comparing yourself to yourself and thinking that you're doing worse compared to a previous year where your life felt better, that can feel really tough. One thing that was helpful for me 
is a line I saw in a TikTok video, actually. I can sing the praises of TikTok over and over again because it makes me feel connected to others, but it also shows me what others are going through. And I learn a lot on there. There's amazing people, therapists, psychologists, scientists, like people that are into data, like pretty much anything you can imagine. And this one woman said, that she finds it helpful to find gratitude in who you are instead of trying to change. And this time of year where it seems like everyone's trying to change, there's pressure to change. You may be comparing yourself to others or yourself and thinking, I've got to change this. Things aren't good enough. Are you able to find some gratitude? Even the smallest sliver of it could be helpful. And if you can't find the gratitude in it, Is there someone else in your life that could help you find it? Hearing what somebody else thinks about you in a positive way can be so healing. Is there someone in your life, a friend, a family member, a therapist, again, just somebody that can reflect back to you the positives? Can you look out for it? Even a stranger. I think this is overlooked so much. And one thing I would like to be more intentional about is my interactions with people that I've never met and may never see again. Can I bring some sort of joy to them or did they bring some joy to me? It could be a smile. It could be someone going out of their way to be kind, holding the door open for you, for example. It could be the cashier at a grocery store that asks you how you are. Maybe they're the first person the day that asks you that. Can you savor that moment and be grateful for that moment, that kindness when it feels like you're being hard on yourself or you feel disconnected from others. This is why getting out of our homes can be helpful or doing things online. I think I mentioned this at the end of last week's episode that I have my private community beyond measure. And if you ever need or want a safe place to connect with like-minded, positive people, beyond measure is there for you. I am working on truly officially opening up to the public It's been private for a year and a half. It is something that I protect and have been cultivating because I want it to feel nourishing and supportive. It is completely free right now. It may be paid at some point in the future. I'm still figuring that out. But for now, you can join this. And I always open this up to people who feel alone and need support. I open it up to people who may not have the funds or resources or comfort to go see a therapist. Now, It is not a replacement for therapy, and it certainly is not designed to be therapy. But it does have therapeutic benefits in that it is structured around circular, equal community. Everybody is truly there to hold space for one another, to share, to support. It feels safe. I could just go on and on about it, and it feels worth mentioning now. Right now, it is, quote, invite only, but anybody can ask me if they would like to join. And I say yes to pretty much, I haven't said no to someone yet. Now, (laughs) there may be some cases of people who do not feel like a fit, mainly because I've had some negative experiences of people online who have said unkind things to me and others. And that is not a fit for Beyond Measure. Beyond Measure is rooted in kindness and acceptance and equality. I imagine if you are interested in Beyond Measure, it's a fit for you. So you can reach out to me via social media or email. I'm easy to find on social media under my private account, which is at Whit Lauritsen, W-H-I-T-L-A-U-R-I-T-S-E-N. I will link to that in the show notes of this episode, as I mentioned, at wellevator.com, W-E-L-L-E-V-A-T-R.com. It's where the podcast lives and has links to everything. And that's also how you spell the social media accounts for the podcast, Wellevator. You can reach out to me there too. Since Jason has left the show, I am the only one reading emails and checking social media. You are guaranteed to reach me. And if you want to reach out and say, hey, I heard you talking about Beyond Measure. I'm curious about it. I'd like to check it out. I will send you an invite for you to do so. And hopefully that'll give you a sense of community that you may be longing for and more community if you feel like you have it already. Something else that is worth noting before I wrap up this episode is sometimes seeing someone else reach a goal or have something that you don't have can have us feeling like we can't do it ourselves or feeling this sense of comparison, of loss, of I don't have that. And in one of the articles I read, a doctor said, Dr. Kubiak, 
I believe is his name, K-U-B-I-A-K, said, anytime you let social convention dictate what you do rather than doing what feels best for you, you run the risk of anxiety and depression. And this goes back to that comparison point or social convention, as I've mentioned before, is like really untethering ourselves from what others are doing and the societal pressures that we feel and tuning into what feels best for us, what feels right for us, even if we can't have it, even if we don't have it yet, acknowledging the difference there is a good step. Because if we get too caught up in what others are doing, we are running the risk of anxiety and depression. And maybe that is a helpful thing for you. Journaling is a really great way to start this process. Taking mental notes when you don't feel good. Just asking yourself, why? Why is this coming up? What triggered this? What's going on? What would I like instead? Now, another last piece of advice I will share is actually, I think I also saw this on TikTok and it was a quote that didn't have an attribution. It said unknown. So I don't know where this came from, but it was on TikTok where I saw it. The quote was, I won't tell you to have a good day. Instead, I advise you to simply have a day. Stay alive, feed yourself well, wear comfortable clothes, and don't give up on yourself just yet. It'll get better. Until then, have a day. I don't know about you, but that soothed me when I saw the video, when I wrote it down to share with you, and even just now as I read it out loud. As I said earlier, it is okay to not be okay. It is okay no matter what you're feeling to remove the societal pressure about what you should feel, what you should do. And even stepping away from the conventional advice to have a good day, even though people are very well-meaning when they say that to you, sometimes it isn't a good day and that's okay. Just have a day. And that advice is rooted in staying alive, as it said. If all you did today was survive, that was enough. If all you did today was eat something or drink something, that's okay and it doesn't matter what it was because whatever you put in your body is something that you wanted something that you had is something that you needed. You were nourishing yourself and keeping yourself alive no matter what you put in it. Well, I guess unless it was poison, but <laughs> my brain just went to a dark place. I assume if you're listening to this, you did not put poison in your body on a literal sense, but you put something in there and hopefully you don't feel the need to label it as poison if it's not literally poison. I also love the line of wearing comfortable clothes. Oh my gosh, this advice is one of my favorites. Especially, you know, the pandemic, one of the silver linings for me is that since I'm mostly at home and not socializing nearly as much as I used to, I just wear whatever I want. Right now, I'm wearing a shirt that I don't feel like is flattering on me. On the top, yes, but it kind of hugs my stomach and my hips in a way that I don't like visually as a judgment on myself. So I probably would not wear this shirt out and feel confident about it, but I can wear it here on the podcast because I feel accepted on the podcast, which is a wonderful feeling, but it's also quite comfortable. And that's what's important. It's comfortable in a physical sense, the emotional side of the clothes could be a whole nother topic, right? Is a different story, a different level of comfort, but that doesn't matter because it's just me. It's just me with myself. I can wear something that feels comfortable. I'm also wearing some comfortable pants that I probably would not wear out, although they're kind of cute, to be honest. <laughs> they're very comfortable. And I wore them to bed and I'm going to wear them throughout the day. I didn't feel the need to change. And that feels good. So just the permission to wear comfortable clothes feels good for me and my mental health. And that last line, don't give up on yourself. I don't know why it says just yet, because I would advise you to never give up on yourself. So I would put a period and take out the just yet from that. And I hope that it'll get better no matter how you're feeling. Even if you're feeling great today, it could get better. It could be even better than it feels. I think there's always the possibility that things will get better. In fact, I think it's true that things will get better at some point. It's very rare in life that we reach a point where things can't possibly get better. But even if they are the best that they can be and they drop down, when they drop down, they will get better again. So I think that's an important thing to remember. And I'll end the podcast here by saying, I hope you just have a day. I hope that wherever you're at mentally, you are savoring the day. You're finding little bits of gratitude. You're acknowledging yourself. You're growing your awareness. You are doing what's right for you today. 
Thank you so much for listening. I appreciate you. And please remember, I am truly here for you. It brings me so much joy to hear from you. Even if I don't respond right away, I read every message and I will get back to you as soon as possible. One of the things I love about the Beyond Measure community I mentioned is that since it literally is a community, it's not just about me. You are connected to all these other people. And it's actually taken off some of the weight from me to respond because it's not a one-to-one anymore. It's a community of people together. So if you choose to try out and join Beyond Measure, you can write a message that I will see and everybody else there. And so if I don't respond right away, you've got other people there. And oh my gosh, are they amazing. There's a core group of people on Beyond Measure, and if you're listening, you know who you are, who are just magnificent human beings, and I'm so grateful for them. So that's there for you. I'm there for you. As I mentioned, you can reach out through social media, through email. The show notes are there for you at wellevator.com. And once more, that's spelled W-E-L-L-E-V-A-T-R.com. There's a whole transcript. If you want to go find a quote, if you want to go find a resource that's there, trying to make it easy for you. And there's the newsletter where you can sign up for that. It's a great way for us to keep in touch and an easy way for you to always just hit reply if you want to write back to me. And you can sign up for the newsletter at wellevator.com and get weekly emails about podcast episodes and tips and other things. And I'm adjusting it now that Jason is no longer on the show. He used to do the newsletter. So (laughs) I'm working on some new formats to make it my own and add more value to you. And there may be a survey in there at some point which I would love to get your feedback so I can make this show as wonderful as possible for your life in 2022. Thank you so much. I'll be back with another episode on Friday with a guest and then again, just me next Monday. Bye for now. Thanks for listening and getting out of your comfort zone with us today. For show notes and more high-performance resources to help you thrive, go to wellevator.com. That's W-E-L-L-E-V-A-T-R.com.